This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, I'm Paul Stevenson, and this is VRP Rocks, the ultimate classic rock podcast that says that my music is better than yours. Thanks for hitting play. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. I hope the year's got off to a good start for you and that the rest of the year is going to be filled with health and happiness for you and your loved ones. Now, each and every year we seem to lose more and more legends, don't we? The people that we've idolised from the golden era, the 60s, the 70s and the 80s, uh, Like us all, they're just not getting any younger and their passing can be hard to process, seeing as though we've enjoyed their music and their presence for such a long time. Like I said, we've lost an awful lot of stars last year, so I wanted to put together a short episode just remembering some of those greats that we sadly lost in 2023. I probably won't get through everybody as there's, well, unfortunately so many. So if I do leave someone off, then apologies. Now, throughout the episode, you're going to hear from a few of the guests that we've had on VRP Rocks in the last 12 months or so, talking and sharing stories about some of these legends, indeed their friends, that have now passed. One of the biggest stars that we lost was, of course, Jeff Beck, and so many people that I spoke to last year spoke about him in glowing terms so highly. So you're going to hear loads of people speak about Jeff a bit later on in the programme as well. But we're going to start with one of the biggest characters in music, a fighter, a powerhouse, a hero, an idol, Anime Bullock, better known to the world as Tina Turner, of course. The queen of rock and roll died back in May, 
at the grand old age of 83. A two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee, 12 Grammy Award wins, over 100 million records sold worldwide. Her career went right back to the 1950s. Her first recording was Box Top, released in 1958 under the name of Little Anne. But Tina Turner came to life in 1960 with the release of A Fool in Love, which became her first hit record. And from then on, the hits just kept rolling. River Deep Mountain High, uh, Proud Mary, Nutbush City Limits, to name but a few, all alongside her husband, Ike. Famously, the relationship was a hard one for Tina after she revealed years of domestic abuse at his hands. But the story wasn't to end with the breakup of the marriage. No, Tina came back to glory in the 80s, one of the best comebacks of all time. With so many global hits, we don't need another hero, Goldeneye, what's love got to do with it, the best, and private dancer. And on that last song, she worked with the guys from Dire Straits, Mark Knopfler, wrote Private Dancer. So here's Straits bass player John Ilsley talking about that time working with Tina. She was a force to be reckoned with, that's for, for certain, not only when she was performing, but as I discovered when uh, uh, when we were recording, because we we, we did uh, this uh, private dancer with her. Um, well, all of the band, except for Mark, actually, he was busy doing a soundtrack somewhere. And so the band got a chance to, uh, to play with Tina. Um, and uh, yes, it was, it was, <laughs> It was quite a moment because, you know, one's been in the recording studio many times, but not in the presence of somebody like Tina Turner when she decides to virtually give you a private um, concert singing this song with you while you are playing it together. And it was like she was singing in front of 20,000 people. It was quite an extraordinary performance. So I think she got the vocal like in in two takes or something. That was it. but it was lovely, uh, actually, just you know, being a being in her presence and playing a song which, of course, we all knew quite well because we'd rehearsed it ourselves with the possible intention of playing it on the road. But it didn't seem to be appropriate suddenly for Mark to be singing a, a song called "Private Dancer" and with the words, as we know, um, a bit weird. But anyway, that's the story, yeah, and. Uh, a great pleasure. I've met her before because we did the the Prince's Trust concerts uh, on a, on a couple of occasions with the Queen, as we called her, the Queen, the Queen of Rock. Yeah. And what was the what was the aura like around her when she was just like in your presence? Well, you know, it's like a lot of people you meet who uh, have this uh, um, this this fame, if you like. They, they're so well known when you actually meet them and it happens on a number of occasions on the uh over the years you, you find them to be pretty um i'm not going to use the word ordinary but not kind of um unusual apart from the fact that they're very talented in what they do and either as guitar players or writers um they just have a particular gift but when you're in conversation with people like that generally speaking it's it's like talking to you know chatting to you in a, in a sense uh, uh, they just they're just they're just other people John Ilsley from Dire Straits they're talking about working with Tina Turner who we sadly lost on May 24th last year we also lost two brothers from a Canadian group Backman Turner Overdrive in 2023 drummer Robbie Backman passed away in January while guitarist Tim Backman died in April 
Robbie was 69, Tim was 71. Someone else we lost at the age of 71 last year was legendary guitarist with Leonard Skinner, Gary Rossington, the sole constant member in the band. He recorded on all 14 studio records and survived the terrible tragedy, the plane crash in 1977 that resulted in the deaths of Ronnie Van Zant, Steve Gaines, Cassie Gaines and three others. With the iconic band, he provided the slide guitar for Freebird and the solo on Tuesdays Gone. He passed away on March the 5th last year. Something slightly different, former lead singer of new wave British heavy metal band Tank, Algie Ward, he sadly left us last year too. Algie also worked as a bass player in Australian band The Saints and with fellow punk band The Damned. Algie passed away on the 17th of May, aged 63. Changing genres again, and in uh, January last year, we lost another two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee, David Crosby. The American singer-songwriter was inducted with The Birds and as part of Crosby, Stills and Nash, and he has a combined album sales of more than 35 million when all totaled. He was a key part of the counterculture movement of the 60s, forming The Birds in 64, and then helping to assemble the supergroup, Crosby, Stills and Nash, and then CSNY with Neil Young. I was speaking with wonderful keyboard player Rod Argent last year and he shared this memory of the good old days of radio and his memories of hearing David Crosby's new supergroup. I remember very clearly the very first time um, I heard the Crosby, Stills and Nash uh, first album because it was in those days in the um, uh, the FM explosion um, and it, was, it, it must have been 1970, something like that. We were in America And in those days, everything was DJ-led. I know in many places now, everything gets completely playlist-led, which drives me up the wall, actually. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn to say (laughs) it. But but the extraordinary thing was that the audience had never been so big or so so enthusiastic. But anyway, I always remember um, someone, uh, a DJ saying, we were in the car, and uh, Argent were in the car, and I remember the DJ saying... uh, I've just heard this new album, Crosby, Seals and Nash. He said, I love it. He said, in fact, I like it so much that I'm going to play the whole album. And, wow. it, and he played the whole album. And then at the end of that, he said, wasn't that fantastic? He said, I'm going to play it again now. <laughs> and he played <laughs> the whole thing twice. <laughs> that was the first time I heard Crosby, Seals and Nash. And it blew me away. Rod Argent there talking about hearing Crosby, Stills and Nash for the first time. We lost David Crosby on January 18th, aged 81. Seminole Manchester band The Smiths were mourning last year too. Bass player with the group Andy Rourke, who formed the band with Morrissey, Johnny Marr and Mike Joyce. He sadly lost a long battle with pancreatic cancer. Morrissey shared a tribute when breaking the news, saying, Andy will be remembered as a kind and beautiful soul by those who knew him and as a supremely gifted musician by music fans. Andy was just 59 when he died on the 19th of May. Something slightly different, but someone who also passed away on the 19th of May was Pete Brown, performance poet and the lyricist for the brilliant band Cream. Pete helped to write some of the group's biggest hits, including Sunshine of Your Love, I Feel Free and White Room. Now, I spoke recently with Jack Bruce's son, Malcolm, about a new record that came out last year called Heavenly Cream. It took a long time from concept to completion, and it featured a number of people who are now no longer with us, Ginger Baker being one of them, but also including the incredible guitarist Bernie Marsden, who I'll speak about a little bit more after this. But here's Malcolm talking about Heavenly Cream, Those We Lost, and Bernie. 
And just mentioning Ginger there, I mean, I think this was his last recordings, wasn't it, before he passed away? And and not, not just him. I mean, you talk about Pete Brown and, and Bernie Marsden and, and Pee Wee Ellis. We've lost a lot of people that have worked on this record before it's come out. And it kind yeah. of almost adds to the, I don't know, the vibrancy of, of the, the name as well, Heavenly Cream, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I think that's, we have the record company to thank for that choice. For this particular project, it is kind of poignant and and it is quite moving when I hear those things. I agree, you know, it's a strange it's a strange thing to listen to people perform on a record when they're not here anymore, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And um and you know, Bernie Marsden, who I met about ten years ago, I didn't really get to know Bernie until then. Uh, but he was always such a nice person, you know, just such a um down to earth bloke you know <laughs> but super talented and but always encouraging um younger musicians and um a team player and contributing so much malcolm bruce there so on to bernie marsden then best known for his time in white snake as one of the dual guitar leads with mickey moody bernie helped to write many of white snake's classic hits including here i go again and fool for your loving he was with David Coverdale from 1978 until the 1982 album Saints and Sinners. He's also worked with so many other legends of the business too, and he was supposed to appear at this year's Winterstorm Festival that I went to. Lovely tributes paid to him by performers at the event like Graham Bonnet and, and Doogie White, and in fact the organisers named the main stage the Bernie Marsden stage this year in his honour. Bernie sadly passed away on August 24th, aged 72. So many others left us last year too. A quick run-through of some of the other names includes Eagles founding member Randy Meisner, got Irish singer Sinead O'Connor, former Kinks keyboard player John Gosling, Chris Overland, guitar player with British AOR rock group FM, uh, original ACDC drummer Colin Burgess, former Moody Blues and Wings man Denny Lane, he died aged 79, Shane McGowan of the Pogues, he passed away in November, Dire Straits guitar player Jack Sonny was another, former LA Guns and Wasp drummer Steve Riley also sadly left us, original Yardbirds guitarist Top Topham, there's Gordon Lightfoot, and April Wine's frontman and leader Miles Goodwin. He also sadly passed away back on December 3rd, he was just 75 years old. Sadly, the list just kind of gets longer and longer each year, doesn't it? Now, someone else to remember was a man who had a huge hit in the 70s, Dream Weaver. I'm talking about Gary Wright. Along with his own hits, he also played and worked with people like B.B. King. He played on George Harrison's All Things Must Pass record. He worked with uh, the foreigners Mick Jones and Jerry Lee Lewis and Ringo Starr and Harry Nilsson and also Peter Frampton. Now, I spoke with Peter Frampton last year. In fact, it was for show number 100 of VRP Rocks, where Pete remembered his friend fondly. Well, Gary and I... Um went to war together in, in the 70s. <laughs> we were out there with in muck and bullets, up to our neck in muck and bullets. Um, now, it was great because um, he had um, uh, the Dreamweaver album, uh, you know, uh, up there, and Comes Alive was up the top of the charts. So we were both, I think Dreamweaver was number one when we first started playing together um, in 76 and maybe late 75. But, um, yeah, so um, we traveled the world together, and Gary has always been a sweet uh, guy, a great, a great talent, um, and um, I've known him since 
since Spooky Tooth, since before Humble Pie, since before we stole Greg Ridley from Spooky Tooth for, to play bass for Humble Pie. So, yeah, we, we've known each other for many years, and it's a very, very sad um, situation, um, and especially um, because it's uh, it's Parkinson's, and I believe it brought on a uh, dementia. I forget the name of it as well. Um, and me being um, having the muscle disease too, I empathize with him because it's the same uh, restrictions, even though mine is not as neurological as Parkinson's. But yeah, it's um, there's too many people catching this. There's got to be, I, I don't know what the reason is, you know, and the, the doctors are dumbfounded. So, but I, I, I shall miss him terribly. And uh, um, I wish, you know, I wish we could find a cure. I really do. Peter Frampton there talking about Gary Wright, who sadly died on September 4th, aged 80. And that leads us on to possibly the biggest starter burnout last year, Jeff Beck. Always regarded as one of the greatest guitarists of all time, not just by fans or critics, but crucially by fellow musicians as well. As I said at the top of the show, a lot of people I spoke to waxed lyrical about Jeff and his ability, so I'm going to play a few of these for you now, kicking off with the incredible bluesman, Joe Bonamassa. He was the best guitar player of all time. He was the quintessential reinventor of himself. It was incredible to watch him reinvent things and come up with stuff that that nobody thought of before. And he would do it every decade. He was the quintessential, I wish I thought of that guy. I remember doing some shows in Germany with him. And the, the best show was in the backstage because he would play all day long in his dress here. So you just hear these otherworldly sounds coming out of his dressing room. And he literally played for six hours before he would get on stage and play for two. There's not many people like him. I think as far as his playing, he was peerless, especially in rock. If you look at all the icons, when pinned down about their favorite guitar chords, people would say Jeff Beck all the time. Someone else who held Jeff Beck up in the highest of regards was fellow guitar player Rich Williams from the band Kansas. Jeff Beck, he had such a unique lyrical, it was like a conversation. Um, yeah, you could pick him out of, give him a melody line and have him and a thousand other guitar players play it. There's Jeff. I mean, you could pick him out every time. Um, the things he could do, I've never been a strap player. I just, I pick one up, I can't. I just can't make him sound good. He was a, the king of the strat. And the things he did with his right hand are just mind-blowing of the, his technique. And to watch it, it doesn't look like he's hardly doing anything. But it's like your favorite voice singing to you. You know, when he played, there was so many ups and downs and little nuances and every, little wiggles and things around it. Then uh, the, the crazy things would pop out. And it would it would be familiar but different every time. Every time I go back and listen to Jeff Beck, it reaffirms that he is, in my opinion, the best guitar player that's ever lived. 
But his, his was all so lyrical. It was just like somebody singing softly in your ear and then ripping your head off the next moment. I just watched a, an interview with him yesterday that was him talking about Ronnie Scott's doing those shows. It was so strange because he's soft-spoken and he was so terrified of, of playing that and how he's going to be received and all that and nervous and all that. And I think, Jeff Beck is nervous? Because because I'm going, I'm nervous before every show, but this is Jeff Beck. <laughs> he can't be nervous. But he was always, you know, he had the, the same human doubts as anybody. But he would step out on stage and perform miracles. High praise indeed. Someone that knew Jeff really well was drummer Simon Phillips. I spoke with Simon last year, and here's what he had to say about his time with Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I, I really have been lucky to work with you know, some of the best guitarists in, yeah. in, the, in the world. Well, all I can say is their heroes are, are Jeff. Their hero was always Jeff. That's the thing, you know, no matter how good they were, and they were fantastic, you know, they are fantastic, Joe Satriani, Steve Lukather, but you talked about Jeff and they go, well, you know, and I, I understand why. I worked very closely with Jeff for two years. In 1981, after there and back, we were working on a project and it was just the two of us. And I was just, you know, I just started writing music. So I was really trying to compose music with Jeff. Um, and um, we were trying all sorts of bass players out. Um, but back then, Jeff was, he was very difficult to get out on the road. He, he, he was, you know, we would only tour two weeks, three weekends. That's all he would want to do. He just lost patience with it. Um, so he just wanted to get home. Um, I hear in later years, he was much more enthusiastic about touring and did a lot more. Um, but back then, it was kind of tough, you know. Um, so we worked very closely. And, you know, I used to be down at his house quite often. And we'd be watching TV in the in the living room. And he'd have his guitar. And a lot of this stuff that he started playing later, he was already experimenting with. You could just hear it, just the sound of the strings. You know, it wasn't plugged in or anything. He's just watching the news or watching a documentary. And, and he's going, he's trying all this stuff. And, you know, he had a very unorthodox way of playing, you know, a lot of thumb over the top of the neck. And he hardly, he never used a pick. I remember him when he's kind of stopped using a pick. It was just fingers, you know. And, um, yeah, it was really quite amazing. And I, I remember in his music room, he had loads of guitars just resting up against the, the sofa. And he was big into cars, and and often uh, his fingernails were full of oil. And if you shook hands with him, I mean, he used to wipe his hands on his T-shirt first, then shake hands. And then I used to pick up these guitars, and you'd have to wash your hands afterwards because in the frets there was ingrained oil, motor oil, you know. Um, and uh, he had a whole bunch of uh, Ibanez guitars. They were trying to... And they were beautiful. I mean, I'm not a guitar player, but I was trying to kind of get And I said, Jeff, why don't you use these guitars? And he'd say, oh, they're too easy to play. I like a hard guitar to play. 
he was frightened that if he if he got used to playing guitar that was too easy to play, he'd lose his technique. So he always he liked to fight the guitar. He always, you know, isn't that amazing? Yeah. So it is. uh, yeah, we worked very closely with with, with each other for a while, um, and it, it, the the project didn't take off. Um, we tried various things, but yeah, it, it didn't really work. We did even recorded some some stuff uh, with Bob Ezrin as a producer, but yeah, it kind of it was a bit stillborn. And then Mick Jagger came into the uh, fray. Um, so anyway, yeah. <laughs> Simon Phillips there. And lastly, let's hear from another guitarist, a man who worked with Ronnie James Dio in Dio and many years with David Coverdale in Whitesnake. I'm talking about Doug Aldrich. Doug joined me last year and here he shared his memories of meeting Jeff. He, I saw him play a couple times and uh, I got to meet him a couple times. What the, one of the, the most coolest one was um, he was playing with Carlos Santana. Well, actually, I saw him play, him and Jeff Beck, uh, sorry, him and Stevie Ray Vaughan did a tour together in 1989. Oh, wow. And I saw that show and that was great. They were kind of trading off and they jammed at the end. Then I saw him at um, the Greek Theater in Los Angeles and um, Carmine, a piece had invited yeah. me to come and he took me backstage and I, I, you know, I met all these, I mean, I met Carlos Santana and Billy Gibbons and all these people were hanging out. I didn't get to meet Jeff, but I saw the show and it was killer. And I went back home and Carmine called me and I was in bed and he goes, dude, I'm over here at the sunset marquee at the bar with Jeff. You should come down. And I, <laughs> can just imagine the sheets just go and jumped off and I, w I went down there and I met him and he was he was nice he was you know I mean after show he just kind of had a lot of people around him but he was nice but then I met him again um years later probably 10 years later or something uh, David Coverdale and him were friends and he was playing in Reno Nevada and he invited David to come and I got to meet him again and he just, he slayed every time he played guitar. I mean, you know, so. Yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah. And very sad loss to the music world as well. He was still playing fantastically yeah. right to the end. Sudden loss. Very, uh, um, yeah, it's horrible that to, you know, I mean, he, at least um, we had, we have his music to live on, listen to and get inspired by. And, um, just talking about it makes me want to go back and listen to stuff. And yeah. And there we go. It's always a hard show to put together when you look back at the year and realize just how many legends, icons, people that we've grown up watching and listening to have passed away in such a short period of time. Although it's nice to sit and reflect on some of the incredible music that we've enjoyed over the decades that these talented people have brought to us over the years. So go out and listen to some Jeff Beck or Backman Turner Overdrive, April Wine, Tina Turner, Crosby, Stills and Nash. I mean, early White Snake. I don't know. Just put them on and appreciate the joy that these people brought to so many. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to this tribute to the stars that we lost in 2023. Make sure you like and subscribe and follow the podcast on whatever podcast app that you use to listen to this on so you don't miss any of the future episodes. New episodes drop every Monday. There's big name classic rock stars every single week. And if this is your first time listening, then thank you very much. And please do check out the back catalogue. There's a ton of amazing interviews recorded. I'm ready for you to listen to now from the likes of Stuart Copeland to Steve Vai, members of The Who, Black Sabbath, Rainbow, Whitesnake, Genesis, 
Genesis and, well, so many more. Just check them all out now. And again, please have a look for VRP Rocks on YouTube. If you could hit subscribe, that would be amazing. Over 4 million views on the channel now. It's growing rapidly all the time, which is awesome. So, until next week's episode then, remember if you come across anyone who isn't a fan of classic rock, just tell them, my music is better than yours. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.